Our guest this week is Wes Schaefer, also known as the Sales Whisperer. Wes is a Air Force veteran and has worked with many companies on specifically strategies to implement digital marketing to help grow their business. We're going to talk about the biggest misconceptions people have when it comes to sales and confidence. We'll talk about specific approaches for digital marketing and two or three ideas that can help you pivot your business to generate better results. You're going to enjoy this conversation with Wes Schaefer. Wes, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You betcha. So can you start by sharing with our audience something surprising about you that they may not know? Well, if they've never read my website, they don't know I have seven kids. So that surprises a lot of people. Seven uh, kids although, and apparently no television. As uh, you were, uh, we, have, yeah. we have TV, man. We even have uh, Amazon Prime and Netflix. Really? <laughs> Shut the front door. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, but but at the, when when all these children were being born, I'm just going on a limb and saying you guys weren't watching a lot of television. So that's that's well, all you know. After the first one, yeah, we watched a lot of Barney. Yeah, don't even get me started. I sing that little teacup song with the best of them. Yeah, well, you know, it's an important thing, and and you know, and and Barney is an aphrodisiac in some cultures. So <laughs> I think that that works out uh, that works out pretty well. <laughs> So you have you have you have seven children, and then of course, what I want to know is how did you make the logical move from Air Force meteorologist to the sales whisperer? The reality is anybody can be in sales. Uh, my first paying client was an architect that um, was going out on his own, and he needed some systems and processes and scripts uh, to make it on his own, but. Uh, you know, when I when I left the Air Force in '97, I was 27 years old. My wife and I had been married barely barely two years. Actually, just a month short of two years. We had a baby. He was only about five months old. We had another one on the way, and I jumped out. I jumped out into commission sales. You know, I wanted to be paid according to my production, not according to my time and grade. And uh, so I just I made the leap. Yeah. You know. I, uh, I wanted to make more money. And that was that was the bottom line. Go figure, go figure, and uh, and and obviously you you, you provide a great service to the Air Force and the country um, on on that side because I'm guessing that the um, as a meteorologist in the Air Force, it's different than just reporting the news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, every pilot's got to be briefed on the weather before they leave. Yeah. So, um, so- and did it around the world. Yeah, a little, little bit more high profile than, and it should be raining tomorrow. So, well, well, much lower profile, but much more important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so let me ask you. Obviously, you work with a lot of different businesses on on their business growth and on their sales. What are the what are the greatest either misconceptions or mistakes that you see people make when it comes to growing their business? Most people hate sales and marketing, even sales and marketing people, <laughs> but uh, especially others in the company as well. They, they don't quite understand what what sales and marketing really do. Uh, the average salesperson is average because they're, they're just winging it. They think they can just have the gift of gab. They think they can just follow up with people, be nice, take them to lunch, and they'll get the order. They don't understand how they're being played. Um, 
marketing and sales usually have different metrics. You know, they have uh, different goals, uh, different definitions of what's considered a lead, a sales qualified lead, a marketing qualified lead, a hot lead, blah, blah, blah. And so there's these silos create discord. Um, They lead to wasted money, wasted effort, you know, and it's all totally avoidable. When when you think about this notion, you said, well, some people think they need to have the gift to gab. What what have you seen historically in terms of the top performing salespeople versus the average ones? What type of personality attributes do you see? Yeah, the the best salespeople uh, have great empathy. Right, they can they can put themselves in the shoes of the prospect. They they can see things from their perspective. They understand the pains that they're going through. Um, but, you know, just like a doctor, right? A doctor can can be empathetic to your pain, uh, but they're still going to pull the scalpel out and cut you open, right, to get to that ruptured appendix, you know, to get to that broken bone. So they're going to put you in even more pain to help you in the long run. And so... Great salespeople understand that. They ask great questions. They get to the true heart of the matter. Because most people, just like when you go to the doctor, you know, it's like, why are you here? You know, it's like, well, kind of not feeling well. Can you go deeper? Yeah, if it, if it helps you to get to a better outcome as a patient, they're willing to make you a little bit uncomfortable. And I think that's a common attribute that I see as well in top-performing sales individuals, and it's something that as leaders, we always have to remember to encourage people, I'll often hear someone say, well, I was going to ask this question, but I thought it might make the person uncomfortable. And I said, well, okay, so if they were uncomfortable and you got to the truth in that, would you be able to help them better? Oh, yeah. Well, then you got to ask that question. Yeah, you're not doing anybody any good. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a challenge that oftentimes whether it's leaders, whether it's salespeople, they run into. So, what are some of the, what are some of the things you can do in terms of mindset to to move past that? Well, you always it's you only have to be brave for about five seconds, right? When you can have a thirty minute meeting and everything's going just fine, you're talking about goals and you know obstacles. But when, when it comes time, you, you know when you're at a crucial, at a pivotal point. So that, that question, you know, that, that they're afraid to ask probably only takes five to seven seconds to ask. And, and let me ask you, what people thought of as salespeople 20 years ago versus the way we see the role of sales today has certainly evolved. So how right. do you see the role of the salesperson being different today than it was you know, 20 years ago or even five years ago. Yeah, it keeps changing for sure. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, the Internet was really just coming into its own, right? And so salespeople still were keepers of the knowledge for the most part. So you had to go through them to get the information. Now the prospects have the information, you know, we're all sitting here with dual screens, you know, 27 tabs open, running multiple spreadsheets, asking friends on social media for recommendations, you know, reading consumer reviews, uh, you know, customer reviews, who has five stars, one stars. So we know, 
right? We know the difference between a model, you know, M17 Ford 91-2 versus a Dash 3. And because it's important to us, right? We just spent, you know, two hours. My wife here coming up at Christmas, good grief. She'll analyze things. She has this notebook, right? And she's tracking. She tracks to the dollar what each kid's getting and tries to keep it even. Listen, you got to track that. You got seven kids. I know. So she will shop and she will compare. And so she may not be an expert on like every Apple product, but if she's looking for Apple AirPods, okay, she will drill down. And so she may know more about Apple AirPods than the sales rep that greets her at the store. Now that, that rep probably knows more about everything else in general. So now our role is more of um, a guide, right? Like a, almost like a concierge service. The, the customer, so before it was lack of access to information was the problem. Now it's really too much information. We have, we're overwhelmed. And so what the customer is now looking for is reassurance that they're making the right decision. A lot of the way I often describe this is that, um, and I'm curious to get your take on it, is this notion that, look, your clients may have all this information, but they're not quite sure how all this stuff applies to their situation. And so that the salesperson's role often becomes that person that is trying to figure out the fit between which of all these products that they've researched is the right fit to deliver the right outcome for that client. Right. And, and so when, when you think about the, the role today of if we know that the salesperson is more of that guide or concierge, then the, the business owner, the sales manager, what, what sort of different roles did they have now today than maybe they had 10 or 20 years ago? Or has that changed? I don't think the role has changed all that much. Um, what is changing I mean, as demographics change, right, we you have baby boomers dealing with Gen Xers, dealing with Gen Yers, dealing with millennials. Now we got post millennials coming up. So understanding what motivates these people, uh, you've got to be careful. Um, the how you how you educate them, how you motivate them, how you retain them. Um, you still have to do that. Uh, how you do it might be a little different. I, as as demographics change, you know, we see things like you know, millennials are are more into experiences and and whatnot versus uh, money. But you know, you can just run different ads. It's not like every single one of these whatever thirty million millennials, however many there are, you know, there's supposed to be a whole bunch of. I think they said there's more millennials and baby boomers. So that's a bunch, right? Tens of millions. It's more than five. Yeah. It's not like every single one of those, you know, 30 or 40 million millennials are not motivated by money. So if you need a hunter, you need to run ads that appeal to the hunters. You know, I always tell sales managers, and this has never changed, that your number one job is to recruit. Okay. I mean, look at Nick Saban. I mean, he left my beloved LSU Tigers. Uh, he's probably the greatest college football coach ever. And every year, I think last year, I think 17 of his players went to the NFL. Okay. And he had massive turnover in his coaching staff because people are always trying to steal his coaches, right? Sure. Hoping to get some of the magic to rub off on their team. 
and he still wins. Okay? Every college coach knows, even professional coaches know, they only have their people for a short time. In college, you know, there's so much money. Uh, and, and he's playing kids. I mean, true freshmen are getting or playing. Uh, and so these guys are going to go pro. They might stay with him only two years. Okay, so he is constantly recruiting. So as great as he is with strategy and, you know, game preparation, you know, if if, if I have Shaquille O'Neal and I'm trying to win the Kentucky Derby, I'm SOL. Unless right? unless you're riding on Shaquille O'Neal and he's yeah, running exactly. the race. I mean, that could be it. Exactly. So it doesn't matter how motivated someone is. You know, how much they have manifested something, what their vision board says. If you got the wrong talent, you're limited in your abilities. So you're always recruiting. Okay. And and people confuse that. It doesn't mean you're always hiring. You need to always be recruiting, be interviewing people. Okay. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's once a month. Okay. But you have a careers tab on your page. You're collecting resumes. Somebody's screening these people. Because when you find a superstar, you make room for them. Our sponsor is the super cool MailTag.io, a Chrome-based extension for Gmail that allows you to track and schedule emails. You get real-time alerts as soon as they open your email or click a link. Try it for free for 14 days. You don't even need to give them a credit card. I asked for a special offer for our listeners, and boy, did they deliver. Just use the promo code Ian and save 50% off your MailTag subscription for life. For more info, check out MailTag.io or get more information in the show notes. So, so Wes, you, you said that the number one job of sales managers is recruiting. So what are the other aspects? Because I, I think this coach metaphor probably works pretty well that says you got to recruit for the right talent. You got to put people in the right positions. And then the best managers probably are not managing activity. It's not like if you've got a great athlete, you're saying, well, you see, you, sh- you should have run more to the left in that case versus the right, but it's more mentoring them so they draw their own conclusions. you think that applies in the world of business and, and, um, and growth? What most companies do is they focus all of their energy on the turkeys and ignore the eagles, thinking, well, they're an eagle. They don't need any help. Look, they're, they're soaring high. And the reality is they end up feeling neglected, right? They're doing it all on their own. They're self-motivated. Just like, oh, I was self-motivated. Um, didn't see much in my management. Um, I got to the point where I was like, why do I need them? Why am I here if I'm making my numbers with no help? I'm coaching myself. I'm buying my own courses and programs. Why am I here? Yeah, and that's that's why I think that mentoring becomes so valuable. So one other area I want to tap into that you've got a lot of expertise in is the CRM side of the world and automation. Yep. And so the biggest question I often get asked, and I'm sure you do too, is, gee, what's the best CRM? And my answer usually is, well, the one that people will actually use. So yeah. I, I care less about which one it is and more is it actually going to help people. So when it comes to CRMs, what do you see as the biggest blind spot that leadership has when they're selecting a CRM or implementing a CRM? 
Yeah, I forget the numbers. I've seen them anywhere from 40 to 90 percent that, you know, CRM implementations fail. Uh, and that's just across the board. And it's, you know, people, they have the wrong expectations. They think it's just uh, a miracle cure. You know, it's the fountain of youth. Um, and, you know, I call it process before login. Write down your current or ideal processes Map out what you need. Does it need to integrate with your accounting software? Does it need to integrate with direct mail? Do you have a big ERP system that, that it needs to talk to? Do you need social media uh, integration in that? How important is tracking? Do you need a mobile uh, app with that? You know, all, so you ask all these different things. What's your budget? Right? How many users? Do you need uh, outside parties like uh, vendors or or affiliates to have access to the platform. So you got to get, get all those things squared away because the reality is most of these platforms are adequate. If you use them even close to their potential, you'll have a positive ROI. So it's, it sounds like from what you see, the biggest gap is that People say, oh, I'm going to buy the CRM. They don't plan out. They don't think about the use cases. They don't think about what the user experience is like. They just license the software, install it, and then hope. Yeah, exactly. You know, they'll say, oh, Wes, the sales whisperer, he's using HubSpot. I should go get HubSpot. I'm like, wrong decision process, you know? Yeah. Maybe you should, but – you know, oh, Tiger Woods uses, you know, what a Tyler, TaylorMade driver. I should get that driver, you know. No, not necessarily. You know, you've got to be a little more um, careful, right, cautious, uh, prudent in your decision-making process. And so you, you need to understand, you know, what's it really going to be used for. And ultimately, you know, small business owners – you know, the solopreneur up to the 25 to maybe 50 person company, um, you know, a, a CRM, having just a CRM is really nothing. It's a Rolodex in the sky. Uh, even Salesforce understands this. That's why, golly, way back, I think 2013, 2012, 2013, something like that, you know, they they spent millions, I oh, forget now, or uh, billions buying Exact Target. You know, Exact Target does email. And then Exact Target already owned Pardot, which does automation. And so, you know, for five, six years at least, Salesforce realized that the standalone CRM is dead. Okay? It's just a, a repository in the sky. You sure. need to act on that information. You need things firing and triggering off of that database automatically to become efficient, to grow your sales, to grow your income. Okay, so that's why I say process before login. You know, what happens when somebody opts in? How do you, what do they have to do to move them from a suspect to a prospect? What happens to move them from a prospect, you know, to a qualified prospect or a hot lead or whatever the verbiage you want? You know, when they buy, how do you annotate that on their record? How do you change them from a prospect to a customer? Because if, you know, if I'm sending out a five-part Black Friday campaign, right, hey, click this link for 10% off, and the next day is 20% off, next day is 30% off. Well, if you, if you click and buy at 10% off today, 
and I send you a 20% off tomorrow, I'm an idiot, right? You're going to get mad. You're at least going to ask for a, a refund of the difference, if not a cancellation of your order. You're like, you know, you're, you're manipulative. So does your system update the contact record immediately to prevent little things like that from happening? You know, does it add them to your long-term nurture sequence? You know, I mean, just all these little things come into play. And most people, they, they, they don't think beyond just getting the sale and, and going to the next person. Yeah, got it. So, so if people are going to, and I kind of want to, I want to make sure that people have a concrete uh, path to take. So for people who are either implementing a new CRM or they're not getting effective results from their CRM today, what's the number one thing that they should do to turn that around? Um, go to a whiteboard or get those big, you know, wall size sticky notes, stick them up on the wall and don't, don't do this small, do it big, you know, and map out your current or ideal process. Where does a lead come from? What happens with a customer? Is there an upsell path? You know, do we... Do we hand them off to somebody to fulfill? Do we give it to a third party? You know, do we have uh, an onboarding welcoming sequence? How is that delivered? You know, all these things. Uh, so write it out on paper. And, and just getting back to that whole notion of know what the process is that you're automating first instead of getting the automation and then worrying about the process later. Do you have these processes mapped out? And most don't. Wes, I got a question or two about marketing automation for you. I have an answer or two. I have a feeling you do. So <laughs> in, in today's world of spam blocking and all sorts of um, ways that people get around marketing automation, what are, the, what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making when using marketing automation? What are those things that get them put in the penalty box or cause trouble for them because they weren't thinking right. Mm. Um, I, I think overall, all of our problems stem from the fact that we forget there's a human being on the other end of the screen, right? Uh, and maybe trying to automate too much. Uh, we, as humans, we always take things too far. You know, you go to anybody's Facebook page now, and boom, there's an instant chat. Well, you know that's not a human being. You go to their website, boom, instant chat. You, you know that's not a human being. And and sometimes it is. So like I use, uh, I use HubSpot myself and there's a, a social monitoring uh, ability. And so I'll log in there and just scroll through to the new followers and just uh, say hello. And they'll, you know, people will have a little bit on their profile. And so I'll try to mention it and, you know, reference it. And this guy just the other day, he said, Oh, Sorry for the delay, man. I thought this was automated. I told you, know, I, I saw such and such and realized it wasn't. I know like, it was really me. So, I mean, this guy was like thrilled that a human yeah. being replied to him. Because right now it's like my robot or, or my VA is talking to your robot or your VA and liking your post, following you, <laughs> sending you an offer, replying with an offer. And it's just all of a sudden you're, you're a human. You treat them as a human, and you're going to have a fan, right? You're, you're, you may not win them as a client, 
but you get your foot in the door a lot faster than your competition, you know? So you got to figure out the right mix of, uh, of automation and, and just being human. Yep. Got it. So hey, Wes, what's the best way for people to learn more about what you're doing and connect with you? Uh, just find me on my website, the saleswhisperer.com. Everything's there All my social media, phone number, uh, contact me comes right to me and you'll get a link to my calendar. So, uh, it's all Perfect. there. Perfect, man. So we'll include all this information in the show notes and, uh, and I'll, I'll wrap all this up for everybody, but thanks for sharing your wisdom, man. Hey man, my pleasure. All right. Be well. You too. Let me give you a few of the key takeaways I think you can use and apply to your business right away. First, remember this idea that the best salespeople have great empathy and ask great questions. Second, when it comes to being brave, remember, you only have to be brave for about five seconds. And then when it comes to the idea of digital marketing, remember, our goal is to engage people in a conversation, not just stand up and blather on about ourselves. Remember, this show gets the direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic you think we should cover or a guest I should have on the program, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, especially your customer.